Well, good morning. It is so great to be with you today, to worship the Lord with you. Several weeks ago, uh, we, the board made an announcement about uh, me taking a sabbatical, and many of you have been very kind and, um, and saying, boy, you know, I hope that, uh, that you just have an enjoyable time, uh, you know, just away from things. And um, somebody asked me yesterday if I would be coming back. <laughs> And I said, I said, unless the Lord knows something that I don't, yes, I will. But that's, that's the way life is, right? When, when, uh, when sometimes God knows things that we don't know, and he hasn't revealed those to us. So uh, we look forward to being back, um, and uh, we'll be back in the office the last week of August, and I'll be preaching starting the first Sunday in September. And I just want to say thank you to our board of deacons for their uh, their care over my life because they um, they have they've said, man, we want oh thank you, yeah, thank you board. Uh, they they've said, you know, we we want you to continue to serve, and and I said thank you to that, and um, and so they this is part of them caring for me, part of them um, you know wanting to see me. Um, emotionally and spiritually and physically healthy, and so uh, we're going to have a great time visiting family, and um, yes, I'm going to play golf and uh, some stuff like that, so we're going to have a good time, but thank you very much for that. This is 4th of July weekend. It does not seem possible. Pastor Ben said it uh, earlier today. It does not seem possible that this is, we're coming up on the 4th of July, uh, but June was such a busy month, and it just it just went just like that. And here we are now. We're in July, and uh, the fourth is coming. What a great day yesterday! I got my first sunburn of the year, and uh, really enjoyed that. And yeah, thank the Lord for sun. Let's just do that, shall we? Those clouds held off. Did you see that? That fog held off until you know close to the end of of that event. But we're wrapping up our series on honor. And that word uh, honor, we've talked about it before, but in the Greek it means value, to respect or esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Um, something that, that I've, I've really noticed over the last several years that has, uh, I really appreciate is uh, guys that have served in, in the, the military um, are wearing hats saying what branch of the service they served in and what era they served in. Have you noticed that? And whenever I see someone wearing that hat, I always stop. And if, if it's at all possible, look them straight in the eye and just say, thank you for serving. And inevitably, those people, most of whom are men, they will say, you're welcome. But it catches them off guard. And I want to encourage you, when you see someone that, that is wearing one of those hats, take a moment. And you might say, oh, it, it'll be uncomfortable. No, no, it won't. you don't even have to explain yourself. All you have to do is say thank you. 
they will get it. They understand exactly what you're saying. You see, some of those people came home from their service duties, and they were not celebrated. Some of them faced a lot of criticism, especially those that served a few decades ago. And as a country, we struggle to demonstrate honor. And that's such an easy way to communicate that. Let me, let me give you a little example here of, of how sometimes it's hard for us to show honor. <laughs> this past week, I, I, I had to... Uh, I had to, I had to, reg, about a week ago, I had to register my boat. I had to get new tags. Every three years, you got to get new tags if you have a boat, right? Because otherwise, you'll get a ticket. So I had to go to the Secretary of State's office. Now, the Secretary of State's office is an office that, that is, is representing an official, ele, officially elected person in our state, uh, Jocelyn Benson is our current Secretary of State. So uh, I was on my way to the Secretary of State and um, I was like, I can't remember the name of the street that that was on because I hadn't been there in several years. And I thought, where is that? So I, I thought, okay, I, I'm, I'm not gonna just run around and search for it. So I, I just, I thought, I'll Google it quick. So I Googled it and, and Google Maps told me that the Secretary of State office was... Uh, by Burger King. And I thought, wow, they changed locations again. So, so I drive to Burger King. There's no Secretary of State. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm driving around. I'm driving up by Meyer. I'm coming back around, you know, and I'm like, I don't see it. And, and you know, it cha- the map changes just a little bit. And I thought, well, it's, it's telling me it's in TJ Maxx, you know. I literally pulled up beside TJ Maxx, and I'm looking at the, I'm like, no, that's, that's TJ Maxx, you know. And so I thought, well, I'm, I'm just going to have to go by memory and, and go to the last place I think that it was. And so that's what I did. And I found it and I got there. And it was just after, it was like right about nine or eight o'clock when they, when they open. And, and I was like, oh, nobody's here. This is so awesome. I'm, I'm going to walk right in and this is going to be done. And it's, and I got to the door to pull on the door and there's a sign on the door that says Juneteenth. I've been driving around, (laughs) I've been driving around looking for this place and they're not opened. (laughs) I was like, now I have to come back tomorrow. I'm already in a bad mood. Can anybody identify with what I'm saying? Anybody? I'm already in a bad mood. I come back the next day. There's a line out the door, okay? The door isn't even open yet. The line is in the parking lot. And I'm like, well, I'm stuck. I got to do this, you know? And, and let's just be honest. They send you something in the mail that says, you know, do this digitally. Do it through the mail. Do it online. Do it lots of different ways. No, I'm, I'm going to do it the hard way, Okay. <laughs> I'm a paper guy, okay? I'm a, I'm a walk-in face-to-face and see-you person, all right? Even if I don't have to be, I'm going to be, all right? I leave church some days. I go to Walmart just because I didn't get enough people in church on Sunday morning, okay? 
Can we just be honest? So I, I, I get in line, and they ask you when you get in the door, um, do you have an appointment? And, and I said, no. They said, well, then you go in that line. So I go in that line, and I get in that line thinking, you know, hey, I, I don't have an appointment. Those people have an appointment. You know, that's totally understandable. You know, I'm in a longer line, and, and I, people are getting mad, okay? It's first thing in the morning. There's people that are cussing, cussing at the Secretary of State's office. And I'm waiting, and I'm like waiting and I'm moving forward and finally I get up there and I thought, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. I said, you know, let me, let me just, you know, take a second and tell you, you guys do a great job. You do a great job. And I know it doesn't appear like it because of what you just heard, but I said, you're really appreciated. I was sort of basking in the glow, right, of the moment. And she said, well, what can I do for you? I said, I need tags for my boat. And she said, well, the next available appointment is in an hour and a half. <laughs> I felt like I got gut punched. I, I'm thinking, I, I just... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, encur I'm encouraging you. I'm, I'm showing gratitude, right? I'm waiting in line. I'm doing what, you know, I'm, I'm and, 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 and she's like, does that work for you? And I said, no, no, it doesn't. And I had just, I had just told her how much we appreciated them. And all of a sudden I understood all these people's urge to cuss. I stumbled out the door in a stupor. It's like, couldn't you just, they're doing stuff like that, can't you? I've waited in, can't you just, I, but I didn't say that. So I, I left, walked out the door. <laughs> and I get home that night after work and I, I was like, okay, all right. Where's that piece of paper that they sent me? So I get that piece of paper out. And I'm like, all right, what do I got to do here? And I'm reading this piece of paper, and it says, um, you know, bring, you know, uh, uh, proof of insurance. Bring, you know, your registration for the boat. It's like, I didn't have either of those when I was there. So even if she said, yes, sir, I could take care of you right now. Do you have your registration and proof of insurance? I would have had to say, no, why do I need it? <laughs> She couldn't have done it even if she wanted to. So I, I go online and I make an appointment for the time that I, I wanted to, to be there, okay? And, and I walked in at that time and, and they said, do you have an appointment? I said, well, yes, I do. <laughs> they said, well, you can sit in these nice seats instead of stand in that long line. And I went and I sat in that seat for about a minute and a half. And they said, Mr. Taylor, and I came up to the counter. And this lady was wonderful. And we shooting the breeze a little bit, you know, just enjoying some conversation. She registered my boat. I got my tags. I was out of there in less than 10 minutes total. And why? Because I finally submitted to their authority. I didn't like it. <laughs> but I finally submitted to their authority. There's a lot 
of similarities to our lives because sometimes our Christian lives collide with our citizenship. I didn't expect any amens on that. Just, I just want you to know my thinking. But let's read from Romans 13. Starting at verse 1, it says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are, uh, they are God's... Boy, I'm, I'm having a hard time. My eyes are getting bad. I'm getting old, man. I'm telling you what. I'm going to have to enlarge that. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoers. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. So on this 4th of July, we're celebrating the birthday of our nation. So how can we appropriately have honor for those in authority as we celebrate the birth of our nation? And I'll throw this in, especially if we disagree with them. How can we do that? So let's take a look. The first thing that we need to do, I believe, and I, this, I'm not just making this up, is we need to establish a culture of honor. And the Bible, the Bible is clear about that culture. Culture is the way we do things. It's both the process and the destination. And if you do something long enough, it just becomes ingrained. So let's take a look at what the Bible tells us about honor. We've talked about this in the last several weeks, that we need to honor the Lord. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. You know, we look in the book of Exodus chapter 20 when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. The very first of those Ten Commandments, it says in Exodus 20 verse 3, is you shall have no other gods before me. God is saying you need to honor me because I am worthy of honor. If we go down a few more in that list of Ten Commands, we see one that says, honor your parents. We talked about that on Father's Day a little bit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. 
Sometimes that can be challenging because of the relationship that we have with our parents. But God instructs us, honor our parents. In fact, there is a promise associated with keeping that command that life will go well with us when we honor our parents. How about this one? Honor our marriage. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4 says that marriage should be honored by all. September, I'm going to be marrying a young couple from the church here, and not only have we talked about this idea, but we've talked about including it in the ceremony that, that those who are in attendance at their wedding, they will help, we're going to ask them for their commitment to help this couple to honor marriage. That means if this couple is struggling and they confide in someone that is there that day, that they commit themselves to honor the marriage instead of some other agenda that they may have. Do you see what I'm saying? It's speaking to, to maybe friends that are there that, that, might, that might even have uh, other desires, other temptations, other agendas as it relates to the bride and the groom that day and would only be too happy to see some distance or some fissure in that relationship. We are asking them if they will honor the marriage that is taking place that day. We honor our marriages by our fidelity. We honor our marriages by honoring the individual that we are married to, by valuing them, esteeming them. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 that we need to honor widows, especially those who are truly widows. What he is really talking about is those widows that had no, they had no ability to provide for themselves whatsoever. This was very common. Um, there was no social security. There was no uh, safety net. Um, women did not have the same rights as men. They certainly did not have resources. If their husband uh, died and he owed a debt, they would have to pay that quite often. But they often did not have resources themselves. They, they in general, were, were not um, very employable. It wasn't very common. And so some of these, uh, these women, and we read about this in Acts, because the very first decision that the, we see the church making, one of the very first decisions has to do with widows. Because widows needed food. And so how are we going to organize the feeding of these individuals that in their culture did not have the rights or did not have the resources in order to provide for themselves? How are we going to be able to do that? And the answer was we have to honor them. We need to take care of them because in their society there was no other way. Scripture tells us that we also need to honor elders in the church. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17, the first part of that verse, it says, elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. 
And then in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Let's continue in this culture of honor where we're told in Scripture that we actually need to honor everyone. It's not just those that we feel are in authority over us or those that have nothing. We need to honor everyone. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, Paul says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And then in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, he says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Back in the first century, in Jesus' day, it was not uncommon for Jews to refer to Gentiles as dogs. And it didn't mean friend. It didn't mean buddy. It was a derogatory term. Gentile dogs. Women, as I already mentioned, had no value. And the apostle Paul is saying, whether, whether they are the same nationality as you are, whether they are a slave, whether they are free, whether it's male or female, we need to honor one another above ourselves. And then the hard one, I think, for the first century, the, and believe me, honoring Gentiles would have been a, a, a very difficult thing for a Jewish person in the first century. But Scripture tells us, honor the emperor. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and 17, it says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority. And then verse 17, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of the believers, fear God, honor the, empire, the emperor. And I know what the natural thought is here, but Paul doesn't know what my government is like. Compared to the Roman government, ours is a picnic. The Christians were being persecuted. They were being killed. In the first century, at the time of Paul's life, there was this emperor named Nero that killed Christians. He wanted to use them as a scapegoat for his own, his own burning of the city of Rome, and he picked Christians to blame. You see, culture is a way of doing things, and we establish culture through repetition. And the Bible gives us instance after instance after example of how we honor others. Number two, we need to follow the example of Jesus. Our attitude, Scripture says, should be the same as Jesus, Philippians 2, 7, and 8. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. In Ephesians, Paul tells his readers that God has seated Jesus far above all authority, 
that as the creator of the universe, he became obedient to death. The Gospels record a conversation that Jesus has about taxes because the Pharisees have asked Jesus a no-win question. And here's the question. Is it right to pay imperial taxes? You see, in 63 BC, General Pompey conquered Judea and instituted what was known as the Jewish tax. And those who paid the Jewish tax were exempt from sacrificing to the cult of Rome. And so when they asked Jesus this question, he knew that they were trying to trap him. If he would say no, he would be in violation of Roman law. But if he said yes, what they could accuse him of as being supportive of the Roman cult. Because by paying it, it is the equivalent of sacrificing to the Roman gods. And the most prominent Roman god, as you can imagine and may already understand, had a lot to do with this. They asked Jesus, or Jesus said, hey, give me a coin. Somebody give me a coin. And they gave Jesus a coin. He said, whose picture is this? Whose inscription is on this coin? When we take a coin, if we, if we take a quarter, of course, now quarters have changed an awful lot over over the years, but whose head was traditionally on a quarter? George Washington. What does it say on our coins? In God we trust, okay? On a Roman coin, it said something different. It said something that we would not want to have on our money. It said, God, Augustus, Caesar. Their money was acknowledging that they worship Caesar as God. And so Jesus, as he takes this coin, and undoubtedly the picture on that was Tiberius, who was the, the uh, Caesar of that day. And he says this in Mark 12, verse 17. He said, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what is God's. Friends, if we cannot submit to authority, we're never going to be able to submit ultimately to God. Jesus showed us the example. And then finally, we can pray for those who are in authority. We're looking for, as believers, we're looking, the Bible says, for another place. Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. We're looking forward to heaven. Paul says in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. Sometimes our citizenship and our residency are in conflict. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul says this in verses 1 and 2, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. We are called to pray for those in authority. Not just those that do what we want, not just those that we tend to agree with, not even just those who are in the same party that we may be politically. 
Paul in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, he demonstrates what this means when he said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Look at this, for which I am in chains. Paul was now a victim of the Roman government. And he didn't say, pray that I get set free. He said, pray that doors will open for me, that in this process I can share the gospel of Christ. In Titus chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, to do whatever is good. It's the same word from Romans 13 that we read earlier, that word subject. It means to subordinate without thought, to obey. It doesn't say anything about as long as they're doing good, as long as they're doing what we think they need to, as long as I agree with them. So why should we honor those that are in authority? Paul said it. In the first verse there in Romans 13, there is no authority except what God has been, except what has been established by God. And the Bible tells us that one day, Jesus will return. And when he returns, by his authority, he will set up his rule. The scripture even uses the word government. He will set up his government on the earth. And friends, that is a day that I long for, that Jesus will come again. Would you stand with me? Father, on this 4th of July weekend, over the next few days, there'll be celebrations, there'll be, there'll be parades, There'll be picnics, there'll be fireworks, maybe some reunions. God, I just pray that as your body, as your bride, the bride of Christ, God, that we will be able to demonstrate honor for those that are in authority over us. As we thank you for the birth of our nation, as we thank you that we have been born in the the greatest nation on earth. God, we have been given so many tremendous rights that others do not have. Father, may we see those as a blessing and may we honor you. And I pray this morning that you will bless each person here And we pray together today, God bless America. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, it has been so great to worship with you today. I pray God's blessing. I know this. I know that there are two things that are out in that cafe. I know that there is coffee and I know that there's bananas. I know that. So you can't accuse us of having an unhealthy snack today. Hang around, fellowship with people, tell them you're glad to see them. Happy 4th of July, God bless you.